Okay, so here we are again. Um, Cam, don't know what day we're on. I've lost all track. Um, <laughs> so there's three of us. James has um, deserted us. Um, there's Damien still with us. Hello. And there's Laura. Hello. Um, yeah, so we're getting to the tail end of the festival now. We've um, been to see... Um, a few films in the last couple of days. Today we're going to do Thursday and Friday at the end of Cannes um, because we only saw four films between us. Um, I mean, let's just get straight into it as per usual. On Thursday we split off. Me, James and Laura went to see Holy Motors and you went to see Seven Days in Havana. That's correct, yeah. Well, you, you've, you actually saw Holy Motors Friday morning, so why didn't you kick us off with Seven Days in Havana? You know, you know what is it and what did you think? Uh, so Seven Days in Havana um, was in an Seta Legard section and um, as the title suggests it follows a week across the uh, Cuban capital and it's a, um, one of the kind of portmanteau films with seven, seven directors directing seven of the different strands uh, each day taking up one of those strands and the film is kind of, it's really a, a can favourite kind of auteur's um, all I think all or most of the of the of the directors have been in, in Cannes in competition or in one of the kind of sidebar strands at some point in their career. Uh, even even um, one of the films, uh, the uh, the uh, second film I think, um, the director had a film in in a certain regard in his own right as well actually called uh, White Elephant which I didn't I didn't get to see I don't think you did either oh um, okay so yeah Pablo Trubero. Um basically it's one of those one of those kind of films that doesn't it doesn't quite work the kind of the sum is less than you know the result is less than some of its parts it's kind of one day in Havana would have been would have been enough rather than a whole week um <laughs> So it starts off on an okay note. Benicio del Toro directs the uh, the first film, and it's about an American tourist. Uh, well, not tourist actually. He's American who's in Havana for the first time. It's due to to um, be in film school, um, and he's just newly arrived in the city. And he's kind of a typical kind of young American guy, kind of quite hip, who's who's away from his country for the first time, and all he's concerned with is getting drunk and getting laid. Um, it's a bit of a hackneyed story, but kind of, I don't know, quite nicely done. It was an okay intro, um, so it started off quite well. Moved on to Tuesday. Tuesday was by far and away the kind of the strongest, strongest film of the seven. Although I guess it's all relative. Um, it wasn't great, but it's kind of quite a diverting and funny film. Um, again, continuing the kind of the camp boys club. Um, this one starred um, Emir Karis. Karistika, or I think that's how you pronounce his name, is basically um, <laughs> two times Palme d'Or winning Serbian director, who's also acted a number of times actually, and he's um, obviously in, in this film he's playing himself. Um, it's a bit in the kind of vein of, of Larry David in Kirby Enthusiasm, it's kind of quite a self deprecating performance. You don't kind of know quite how exactly close it is to, is to him. Um, imagine it's kind of like a heightened version of himself, but it's you know, it's quite funny. He's quite playful. He's basically gets drunk. He he's in Havana to receive a, a film uh, a film award, um, but 
ends up getting drunk, giving his giving his award away to uh, the the kind of little child of his taxi driver, and kind of neglecting to go to the after dinner uh, after dinner um, the dinner after the uh, award ceremony in his honour. Uh, Are you drunk? Uh, it seems like <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, the. Uh, Havana Air has got to me, but he basically goes off and uh, goes on like a, a jam session rather than attending the uh, the dinner ceremony that's held in his honour. And then from there we move on to Wednesday. It kind of gradually goes downhill from there. Um, the, the kind of third film is a bit kind of it's very very cheesy. It's it's kind of it's ultimate ultimate cheese. Um, and then Thursdays kind of tries to recover a little bit. It's okay. Friday's Gaspar Noé. It's by far the most cinematically interesting. Nicely shot, minimal dialogue, um, but doesn't really add up to very much. And then we're into the weekend, and it's kind of uh, kind of runs out of steam. It ends up with um, a film directed by Lauren Canet, who won in two thousand and eight. He won the main Palme d'Or in two thousand and eight for The Classroom. Um, but I think it kind of ends on a really weak note. I guess it gives a bit of a flavour of the real Havana rather than the, the kind of tourist... It tries to give a flavour of the real Havana rather than the tourist view, which meant many of the other films do. But it's just not particularly well well done, I didn't think. And as a whole, the film is more of a, you know, <clears throat> can boys club, director's club, rather than any kind of sense of Havana. Um, all in all, pretty disappointing. Does it does it ever work though? I mean, what is it? There's obviously like four rooms. There's, I mean, I mean obviously Alton sort of does it, does it like, like shortcuts and stuff, but it's a bit different. But um, it, I mean, is it six, um, seven different writers as well? Um, no, I think the the written, there's four of them. I think are written by, um, a Cuban, and three of the others I think are written by the directors themselves. I know Gaspar Noé wrote his, and a couple of the others wrote theirs. I'm not, I can't remember exactly which. Who wrote? Who wrote which? Um, but no, these ten, these things. I imagine it's one of those things that the kind of I don't know when the the project was first mooted, but you can you can imagine a few of them being in Cannes, getting together and thinking, oh, no, this would be quite a cool project. Managed to get funding. You know, it's obviously quite fun going out to Havana um, for a, for a period of time and, and making these films. I imagine it's a lot more fun to them to make than it was to actually watch. Yeah. Um, it's never actually complete. It's never boring. It just veered between kind of quite pointless to um, meandering to mildly diverting. As I say, it kind of it started off okay when it on the Tuesday. Sounds like can as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It started off well and then went downhill. So yeah, that's kind of a metaphor <laughs> for the can 2012, I think. It was quite um, a bit of a tie-in, to be honest, um, for the next film. In the sense of a film which is sort of like these disparate stories set in one location. Um, the next film is um, Leo Carrick's um, Holy Motors, who we last <laughs> saw his work um, in the film Tokyo, which was um, three stories obviously set in Tokyo, which he directed one of them, and I think we agree that he directed the worst one by an absolute mile, a one called Murd. Very appropriate title. <laughs> um, so... So, so yeah, yeah, so it'll be, you know, be interesting. Yeah, so so, so it's quite quite interesting to see this film. And honestly, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, we we've, we've all seen it. it. 
Um, I'll kick off with it. I mean, just as a bit quick overview of what the film is. The film is it's called Holy Motors, um, and it is about an actor who is chauffeured around in a limousine, um, taken to various roles throughout the day. But um, I mean, it's, it's it's an actor in a sort of a, an alternative reality, I suppose, where the roles are sort of like presented as sort of real life. Situations, you know, there's no film sets or anything like that, um, and it's quite a sort of a surreal take on the, the actor, I suppose. Um, now, so we're following this one man, this actor who was in Murder actually, and funnily enough, one of the roles is the character of Murder in from that short film, which is really, you know, it was a bit weird at first. I actually thought it came across much better in this, but yeah, so yeah, so basically, we're presented with I can't remember how many now, maybe like six or seven of his roles and we just literally move from one to the other towards the end there's a sort of um a plot which sort of tries creeping in but it never really goes there um personally i i, I kind of like it I get, there's something about it that appealed to me i quite like the idea of this um this you know kind of uh, this alternate sort of take on um an actor and the kind of role they take and the sort of process that they go through to do that i thought it was quite interesting i thought the device had a lot of potential. I think it's got a lot of potential to do something really interesting. Um, and I thought, that, you know, each individual moment, you know, sometimes it went on too long, some of them were a bit boring, but I always thought ultimately it's always imaginative. You know, they've got the one way there's this motion capture sequence and it's sort of like a surreal sort of choreographed sequence of him in a motion capture suit. So the woman is in a motion capture suit and they sort of do this dance sex routine. Um, again, it's got no weight to it, but it's... It was, it was interesting, and then there's another one where he, he, he tries killing somebody and replacing them, and there's another one which is like a more of an emotional drama, and he ranges from old women to old men to, you know, like I say, to assassins. And so, you know, the device, I, I think, I like the idea of it a lot more than the execution. For me, and it is, again, it's something that we've spoke about all week, is that, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hanging off enough, really. It was just there... And it never really moved. It, I had one thing to say, which is about this, you know, the idea of a, the, the actor. And there was one reference to the cameras being so small you can't see them anymore, so it's not fulfilling to be an actor. So, you know, there's a kind of a little bit of a sort of a reference to the sort of, you know, the, the, the sort of the YouTube generation of now, I suppose, of cameras and shit all over the place. And this, they are getting shrinking and shrinking. You know, it's a bit clumsy, but ultimately it had one thing to say and it, didn't really say anything else, but it's disappointing that there was no movement in it. There's no, you know, you're just kind of watching it and it's sort of like going over you with no, it's not peaking, it's not troughing. I mean, I'm sure you may disagree with the troughing bit, but, you know, so it's disappointing. You know, I felt as if, you know, I kind of give it, I kind of applaud it for being a bit more imaginative, um, having a couple of nice ideas, and, you know, it's it, it was always interesting uh, to me. Um, so it seems like feel like, kind of... Um, Seems like you've got a very different take on it. It seems like you're kind of somewhere in the middle. Obviously, in, in general terms, the reviews have been either kind of five star or one star. People have it's polarized opinion that much. People have loved it or hated it. You seem like you're kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to be honest, definitely. Um, which is a bit weird, I suppose. Um, I definitely, yeah, I definitely don't hate it. Definitely, yeah, definitely don't love it. I just, for me, it was it was interesting enough, and I can, you know, I do give it kind of credit. For, for having some nice ideas. You say it has like one thing to say, but actually, I do think if you 
think about it. Like, you, because I've found myself thinking about this film quite a lot. And actually, when you think about it, you, perhaps it's making more of it in your own head. But I sort of thought about different things, like the idea of like art imitating life. There are moments in it, for example, um, Kylie Minogue's in it. His moment with Kylie Minogue, the, it sort of touches upon the fact that he knows her personally, not just as a role. But then it still seems to be kind of. I mean, you know, there's sort of a musical theatre moment, so it just kind of take on this sort of aspect of acting again, and it's like filmic, but then it all, you know, so there's... there's but why is that different to any of the others? Well... It's still the same thing, isn't it? It's still... Well, it goes beyond just a life of an actor into, like, everybody's role in life and everybody's sort of how... I mean, you talk about, like, the small... The idea of the small cameras, but then is that sort of exploring how... Anybody these days can get hold of a camera and record something and how do we know what's real, what isn't, that kind of thing. And that's not just what you're saying, that's a little bit extra. But I just sort of found myself thinking... I think it... I think ultimately it doesn't say a huge amount, but it did make me think that it was. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, if it making you think is always a good thing, and not many films did. Um, but, but Damo, are you... You said that, we're, you know, I'm in the middle, I think... Laura's maybe a little bit more positive by the sounds of it. Everything's been a one or a five. Where are you? Are you a one or are you a five? I mean, I, I saw this the day after after you two, and you uh, you predicted that I would hate it, and you were spot on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in another in another year, this would have uh, this would have been my uh, worst film of can, but um, we'll come on to that you know, come on to that later. Um, but this was definitely my second worst. Um, I found the whole thing very very tiresome. Um, I bet I can guess what your worst was. <laughs> Sorry. I bet I can guess what your worst one was. Uh, yeah, I think you can, we'll probably can. Um, but but <laughs> this was, yeah. I mean, I I kind of hated uh, Tokyo exclamation mark. Um, anything that's got an exclamation mark in the title is uh, is going to be bad <laughs> in my book. And uh, Tokyo, yeah, the Leo Carax uh, element nerd was was by far and away the worst um, of the three in Tokyo. And yeah, the, the kind of the the story with with Murd was probably uh, the weakest or the mo- one I hated the most out of out of this. Um, I just didn't find it particularly interesting um, at all. As he says, he's got one thing to say. I don't think he says it in a particularly interesting way at all. Um, <laughs> the kind of well, it kind of meanders along and, and so, yeah, saying the saying the same thing in an un- uninteresting way in different locales. It's kind of. There's one the, the motion capture bit was kind of visually arresting. I thought it looked it looked kind of it looked really nice, but um, but that kind of isn't really enough. And I thought the denouement um, with the uh, various different I won't give anything away, but with the various different white stretched limos um, was a kind of was a low point really in a in a, in a film full of them. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan. I won't be rushing out to see. Uh, what Leo Carax does next. Um, but do you think this is the kind of film, will, will it get released in the UK? Will people be able to see this, do you think, in a, in a year's well, time? Not in a cinema, <laughs> not in a cinema. It'll definitely, it'll... I think it will It will get, you know, it will come out on DVD and stuff, from, but I can't imagine it coming out of the cinema. But you no. never know. I th- I'd still think, as a short, it would have been... It could have been a really great film as a short, because that one thing to say... I do think it did it interest. I thought it did it interestingly. It's just that some of, some of the sequences, because of the fact that 
if this guy is playing lots of different characters, you don't ever engage with anybody or any of the characters, so therefore some of the sequences become like so long and drawn out and tiresome. But, you know, they're not poorly acted or anything, actually, some of them are pretty good, it's just there's no sort of engagement with them, so that's sort of when it becomes very tiresome. So I think it would have worked so much better as a short film. Do you think it was well acted? Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I thought the, um, what's, what's the guy's name? Is it Oscar Levant, the, uh, the kind of main guy? I thought, yeah, obviously he played sure nine or ten different roles and he, you know, played them very competently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, he looks, you know, he's a begging for money like an old woman and I kind of believed him. He was a begging for money as an Dennis old woman. Levant. He, he killed, <laughs> uh, he killed someone and, uh, I believed he was killing someone, so yeah, I guess it was, but I just had no kind of engagement with it whatsoever. I thought the whole thing was just, um, yeah, I felt it kind of... Although Kylie Minogue's acting career has never gone up anywhere from Neighbours, really. Let's be oh, you have seen Street Fighter, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so let's move on. We don't want to kind of labour on films we hate too much. So you said that that would have been your worst film um, in previous years, but you said it wasn't. Um, the very next morning, we saw saw a film called Lost Tenebrous Lux. Is this, Damien, your worst film of Cannes? This this was the worst film of Cannes, and this uh, obviously, unlike you, this was I saw this immediately preceding uh, Holy Motors, so that was a, that day was a particular nadir for me. Um, double whammy. Double whammy. Um, I really don't know what this film was. The, the English translation um, is something like After the Darkness Light. Um, and for me, it's like After the Darkness of Being in the Cinema. It was, it was nice to go out into the light of uh, the kind of can air because I don't know what the hell I've seen the previous two hours in the darkness of that um, cinema. I really don't know what it was. What the hell did we did we see? It was... It was about a Mexican, an affluent Mexican couple who, uh, I, I kind of think, had recently moved to this this kind of remote area and had uh, two young children. There's um, a CGI devil. He kind of uh, he beats up a dog <laughs> to death, and uh, they go on a, some kind of sex sex holiday. The kind of children run around in a in a in an outside field in the rain, and then we kind of cut to a, a rugby field in a, in England. Uh, God knows how that's all related. Um, I'd kind of lost interest by that point. And then we cut back to the, the terrible CGI devil again. Um, it's all kind of you shot missed in... The, sorry? You missed the best bit of the film. Best bit, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> At least bad I would, I, would, I would use rather than best. I wouldn't use anything best in relation to this, although the uh, can jury beg to differ in uh, awarding him best director. Um, unbelievably so. He'd actually left town and uh, got called back. Yeah, he, um, knew, he didn't think he was going to get it for that shit, right? Quite a baffling decision. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what, what this was, what the point in it was. It was all kind of shot in um Academy Aspect Ratio 4x3 with some kind of weird wide-angle lens on that kind of ref- refracted the image around the, around the edges. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think anything of this at all. It was... Awful. And about how did it make, make you feel? feel? You, you clearly didn't understand it, um, but did it? You know, I, I, as I say, I, I kind of, I didn't, I didn't like Holy Motors, but I kind of knew what, um, what kind of Leo character was trying to convey. But with, with this, I don't know what Regardus was was trying to say. I don't know what the point in his story was. 
at all. I, I failed to see what he was trying to say and how he was trying to say it. I was, I was completely... I can't remember a time that I've been so baffled and stumped by what a film was trying to do. <laughs> um, I didn't like it at all. And it was just so boring, boring as well, wasn't it? There was nothing interesting, interesting at, at all about it. Right? right? Nothing? Well, no, I mean, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not much more that any of us... I mean, we spoke about this a lot afterwards just because we were so... Like, we just didn't understand it. We're all, you know, pretty intelligent people. We can, you know, we're good at, you know, we can, we can read film, we can look into, you know, but we have no idea what the fuck we were watching. There seemed to be no sort of connection between the sort of various scenes, like you, like you mentioned, you know, the kind of girl at the beginning and the devil and the guy who pulls his head off and this couple who seems to kind of take some 80% of the film, but it just, it was just sort of fucking plodding along and it was just, it was like truly baffling, truly dull, um, except the bit where he pulls his head off. Um, but it that was just kind of ridiculous. Of, it seemed like it was out of a different film. It's just all kind of these things thrown together. Um, can yeah. put yourself in the in the shoes of the jury. Can you kind of uh, try and what 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 do you think would? Why do you think they made the decision that they did in in awarding him the best director? Because I reckon that they must have been so dumbfounded by it as well that there surely must have been some fucking thought behind it. Maybe it's the kind like of combination, combination of the head and the devil and the boobies. It's like when people, you know, award good what they think is good art because they don't understand it. Well, let's just be honest. Can is fucking pretentious. But he's a lot of the films pretentious. Are... Well, well, no, but pretentious. Well, I know, but I could have gone for it. But that's the thing. It would, you know, whatever. They make their decisions, and but I would, I would love him to fucking explain why he made this film. I can remember when um, <clears throat> what's his face. God, my memory's shot. Um, Melancholia guy. Lars von Trier did um, Antichrist. And after we have shown it in the press conference, some press, notably one from the Daily Mail, cock, was like, why did you make this film? You, are, you have to explain why you made this film. Because it was so vile in his eyes and blah, 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 blah. But I think they should say it about fucking shit like this. Nothing that's controversial, but like, why did he make this film? What what is his explanation for it? What is it? You know, I mean, I bet he's the type of pretentious twat who'd be like, mm, "What did you get out of it?" That's what's important. Mm, definitely author. Well, yeah, exactly. Fucking nothing. No one did. You cock. Well, Carlos, maybe one day we'll get to ask him, but um, for now, thankfully, let's not talk about it ever again. And that's the thing. I mean, the aspect ratio and that fucking lens—it was irritating, and that added to the. His pretension, I suppose. Where you're just like, you're a cock. You don't, you're just making bullshit. You're just stringing together scenes. You've got no idea what you're doing or why you're doing it. And now you've decided to whack it in this ratio and use this lens to be even more of a cock. On that bombshell, I think we should finish this <laughs> and look forward to the weekend ahead. Hopefully we've still got some more, you know, potentially on paper, some interesting things from the likes of Cronenberg and, and uh, Lee Daniels. And, uh, yeah. Oh, well, we get to see what another one. Oh, sorry, did you? Oh, yeah, of course you did. Yeah, you went to see um, um, a HBO film. What, what, what was that like? Um, Hemingway and Gellhorn. Yeah, we went to the gala premiere of that, which was quite exciting. Um, the most exciting bit was... Actually, the most exciting bit was going up the red carpet um, and pretending that all the photographers were there for us. <laughs> they weren't? Um, Hemingway and Gellhorn is obviously the story of Hemingway and his affair and consequent relationship with the sort of war reporter... Gellhorn, 
um, da- da- Daniel Craig, um, Nicole Kidman, and um, Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Oh, I, I need sleep. I need sleep. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of rolling on nearly twenty-five minutes for this podcast. We wanted these to be short and sweet. Let's just get to the point. This film is bollocks. Like pretty much everything else we've seen. Um, it's. I mean, Nicole Kidman has to give one of the worst performances of so far of can. And she has been up against some stiff competition. Um, she is atrocious in the film. He's camp, camping it up, but he's mildly entertaining. And just like all sort of biopics, it runs through years and years and years of their lives. And you don't give a fuck as you're going along. And it, it just tells this really boring plot. It's really badly directed. It sort of mixes in. Have you seen Mr. Nice? No, I haven't, no. That film mixes, like, BBC sort of 1970s footage and then they insert people in there. Like, they insert, like, Reese Siffins in there to make it. They do the same thing here. And it's it, kind of like Zelig, done the so... Allen film. Yeah. But this is... Yeah, it's just done so, so badly. It's really poor. But it's kind of... In, in terms of the style of it, it keeps kind of going into black and white and then into colour and it keeps moving back and forth all the time. And it's just, it just doesn't work at all. So it's, so it's just, like, really badly acted, terribly written, badly directed. It's not an interesting story. I mean, it's just... That's the thing. I mean, there's not really anything interesting to say about their relationship, so why anybody decided to make a film about it is... It's just because, you know, he was a famous author, so let's make a, a, a film about this person's relationship, and there's not really anything interesting to say. In fact, it would probably be more interesting if it was just her life because her was a war reporter, but even then still, just framing it with their relationship for me just didn't work at all in well, the first place. Well, what did you think? I mean, I've been quite damning of it. You sort of, in a sense, sometimes you just lose patience, don't you? And you're just going, no, fuck it, no, it was shit, what's the more to say? But, you know, well, are you as damning? Or? Uh, well, I didn't think it was very good. I got very bored as I was watching it. In terms of, like, some of the other films that I'd seen in Cannes, especially what we'd seen that day, earlier in the day I, you know it, the plot was better and had more to it than a lot of films in Cannes um, and the excitement of going down the red carpet I think made it a bit better but then I mean the thing is you went down the red carpet you had celebrity like you know movie celebrity celebrities in, in the cinema and it was still and that excitement was still drained out of me by the end of the film so no I didn't really enjoy it it's you know, quite, and quite, I and I was quite. I mean, I was in a way quite excited about it because, um, you know, I, I'm not a massive fan of Hemingway. I've only read one of his novels, but the one that I have read, I really enjoyed. So that for me was, I was like, oh, this could be quite interesting. It'd be quite nice to find out about something about this guy's life. Who, you know, read a novel of his and enjoyed it. But no, no. And um, I think that um, Hemingway in uh, uh, Woody Allen film Midnight, Midnight in Paris, Paris was better. He was more enjoyable. Than this one. So it's, it's quite long as well, wasn't it? It's a two and a half hours, and it's obviously made by HBO. Do you think this is destined for TV rather than some kind of theatrical release? I don't know, you know. I've got a feeling it could, could easily get a theatrical release. Nicole Kidman in this it. This is Nicole I mean, Kidman. Probably yeah, will. I mean, I think will. it's got potential. It has got potential to it. Who knows? I mean, it's... it's, it's kind of weird. You lose all perspective. I don't know if you find this, but I just lose all perspective on anything to do with film. Yeah. I sort of begin to doubt whether I even like film anymore. <laughs> well, it's been a pretty damning four films we've reviewed over the last two days. Hopefully, uh, things. Yeah, will what improve. have we got to look forward to? 
Well, as I said earlier, we've got obviously the Cronenberg, which um, we've got high hopes for, and um, Jeff Nichols, who I haven't, I haven't seen take shelter, but I've heard good things about it. Um, and uh, Thomas we've Vinterberg. We've not seen Her- Hanukkah. Pardon? Hanukkah, we've not seen Hanukkah, but obviously you are. Yeah, and obviously Vinterberg is back um, kind of quite a few years after Feston, so got a few potential things to look forward to. Cool. Okay, then, right, so... Um, Good, good. So, yeah, speak soon.